Welcome to episode 50, yes, episode 50 of Lunch Therapy. Let's get into this thing. Hey everybody, so good to be here. I have my headphones today because today is going to be an episode, uh, an interview episode. So normally we do our interviews on Fridays, uh, but today is a very special day because it's the 50th, 50th episode. Um, we're going to have Matt Kite on the show today, an interview with Matt Kite of the whole Bolivian army. Um, but first, of course, we've got to do our breathing. We're going to take in three breaths. Take it in. Let it out. Take it in. And let it out. One more breath. And let it out. Yes. So I have my uh, Sid Vicious shirt on today uh, in honor of the whole Bolivian army. I can't say that I was ever a huge Sid Vicious fan, but I, this is a great shirt. It's actually my wife's shirt. Uh, thanks for loaning it to me. Yes. So Matt Kite is somebody I've known for a long time. A lot of you out there in social networking land know Matt. And uh, we're going to sit down. We're going to have an interview. Oh, Mulva Phillip is saying, we saw the whole Bolivian army in Port Townsend. Exactly. So yeah, he has the band, the whole Bolivian army. We were out there for the Thing Festival in Port Townsend, and Kamala was a huge Sex Pistols fan, therefore, that's where this shirt comes from. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into this interview with Matt Kite. Here we are. We're with Matt Kite of the whole Bolivian Army. And this is another segment in interviews with cool people. Yeah, that's what it's officially called now. My interviews, at first it was sort of like interviews with my friends. But now I'm broadening it out. Not, I've got a friend here. But, you know, next time it's going to be like <laughs> super cool person I don't even know. It's going to be surprising. <laughs> So anyway, I'm glad, to, glad that you're here taking the time with me. Uh, this is Matt Kite. We've known each other forever. Uh, I, I can't remember a time that I didn't know Matt Kite. Um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that we probably met at Edmonds Methodist Church or something, you think? Oh. Your dad you was like a, the music you were, director? You were, a, um, you were a good yeah? Methodist boy? That's a little How Methodist I boy. That? I know, I knew. Right. I thought I totally I'd surprise your, you with that. I remember your older brother, David. Yeah. 
I remember he went to church more than you did. <laughs> he was a much, much more staunch churchgoer than I was. <laughs> I don't think so. I think any time that he went, I had to go too. Yeah, I think I only saw you guys a few times, and it yeah. looked like someone had dragged you there. Like, <laughs> That's right. My parents, my parents, I'll tell you, taught Sunday school for a little while. Oh yeah. wow! They, they probably uh, taught me. They might have. They made. Uh, they had everybody make paper mache puppets because my dad, yes. you know, is an artist, so. He's, you know, used whatever that, crafty I, work he could come up with. And it was I fun. think they're why I'm an agnostic now. Maybe. Parents, My parents, yeah. They were like, dorm. let's not learn about Christ. Let's make some puppets. <laughs> <laughs> that was what they did. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we were in Sunday school together at some point. I remember we were in, I remember being in a Sunday school class. There was a guy teaching who looked a lot like Jesus. And he was very calm. And he was like, he looked like, you know, John Lennon type guy, like, and he decided he was going to devote his life to the Edmonds Methodist Church. And there was a guy in there. Oh, I wish I could think of his name. There was a guy in there that was just irritating him. And he kept, the guy said, you know, everything that you ever want to know is in the Bible. I remember him saying in a very calm way, though, very Jesus-like way, whatever you want to know, children is in the Bible. And this guy was like, well, what about sex? Sex in the Bible? It is. <laughs> yeah. And he it's goes, totally. Yes. Yes. And then he finds, you know, some kind of citation of it. The whole it, Song of Solomon is just all about that's where dirty he went. sex. He went right to Song of Song of Solomon and started trying to prove to this guy, Troy. Troy? Hmm, I don't know. Anyway, he's trying to prove to Troy that sex is in the Bible. And Troy kept just irritating him, irritating him, irritating him. And finally, the guy snapped. He grabbed Troy by the scruff of the neck, slammed him against the wall. <laughs> oh yeah. And left and was never seen again. Never seen again. I totally, uh, I'm, I want to say, I, I want to say no Troy Strombita. That's a great But moment. I don't think, I don't think, I, know, I don't think it is. That's just, I said Troy right, and now I, I want to say Troy Strombita, but I don't, I don't think so. We'll find you out. Know, Somebody will know. You, think of, you mentioned Troy because I was thinking today how many cool names of our oh, classmates. Yeah. You yeah. know, Rebecca Funk. Rebecca Funk. That's just a great name. Mike uh, Troy Gaylord. Strombita. Mike Gaylord. Yes, Mike Gaylord. Who also who became a Mongrain. rock star. Yeah, rock star type. Yeah, right? he was briefly in the whole Bolivian army. Was he? Very briefly, yeah. Uh, really? We played, he joined us a few years back, and we played one crazy show in Lakewood, Washington. And uh, and then, I can't remember, some, we had some kind of personnel problem. Someone had to take a pause or something and by the time we got back together i think it was kind of mutual where mike was like because eh. really? mike played like in love battery and ted really heavy yeah. bands he played in and that. we're not that we're one not. with the really big guy was yes ted tad yeah he yes. played in tad right <laughs> yeah. we had a lot of rock stars at woodway high school i, I know we jeff you redding. we had Je jeff redding yes where He's did he play everybody really He's played with the dude from guns and roses uh duff mckagan oh, i had no He's idea played in a million bands yeah, yeah there's a bunch of people even apparently the original drummer for nirvana went to woodway for a bit according to matt I did wright i know that uh apparently woodway. lane staley went to meadowdale oh that makes uh, sense but that was not woodway of course yeah because we're just talking about rock That's stars from Woodway. Alice in Chains, they're a great band, but they were always second tier because Meadowdale was not as cool as Woodway. Meadowdale. Have you ever seen that meme that has the uh, Breakfast Club characters and it has each one of the schools oh, on yes, it? Yes, yeah. And Meadowdale, I think, was the like. We're, we're uh, Molly Ringwald. The oh, yeah, we're, we're Molly Ringwald. <laughs> <laughs> God, well, psychology class. 
with Mr. Openshaw. Openshaw. Oh yes. man, that was a pretty was intense. It Gene class. Openshaw. Gene Openshaw. Apparently, people see him around still. Yeah. Gene Openshaw. Maybe oh, he'll be so in awesome. our chat room. You never know. Yesterday, uh, Frau Hall was in our chat room. No way. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, I know. Frau right? Hall. There was much rejoicing. Uh, yeah, that's cool. So hopefully, you know, maybe whatever. Openshaw will be in the chat room, and hopefully we won't put him down too much. Well, no, he inspired me to uh, – that's why I got uh, my bachelor's in history. Just Do you remember we had a, an assembly – and do you remember the spirit keg? There was a keg that yes. like, each class would steal from one another and it was painted woodway colors, yes. which were the ugliest colors ever, orange and green. I don't know. It seems like a weird, I mean, I guess we were just like all like, I don't know. We were Ireland. Oh, well, there we go. There we go. Remember, do you have one green one yes. and one orange one? No, I wish I did. Oh, man, I did back then. Me yeah. too. The, uh, yeah. But anyway, so they had the spirit keg and everyone, each class would like steal it from one another. And there was like a riot. Like there was like a, somebody stole it. And then all of a sudden, like the whole bleachers of like the senior class just cleared. And then there was like a riot and they had to stop the thing completely. Arcaig. Yeah. And then we went back, we went back to class with Openshot and he gave us this whole lecture on mob mentality. Now you had but, something that you uh, uh, emailed me about that uh that i forgot oh yeah i knew nothing about myth club and so yeah. everyone was like man you got to come if you want to be in myth club you got to go to initiation and i was like well what is it no one would tell me and i was worried because high yeah. school is horrible so horrible. <laughs> and I, I get there and they're like wait first there was something about getting small and the way the the school oh. or the student parking lot at woodway was on a very gentle slope mm -hmm. and if you went down to the far end of it even yeah. though you weren't that far away, you looked like you were really small. It was <laughs> just great. something about the parking lot. So first week, there was always, let's get it small. It was like an <laughs> optical illusion. <laughs> so everyone's getting small. And Did then you ever listen to the Steve Martin album, Let's Get Small? Yes, I, I heard that years from, right? later. Yeah. yeah. So then, even though I'm sure it was out by then. But yeah. so then... Um, so then someone said, okay, now you got to do the dance. And someone put in Violent Femmes, <laughs> I Hear the Rain. And it was just some weird dance was around the party lot. And on, uh, in Kevin Schoen's, like Honda, like yes. Honda. He had yes. that sticker on it that said, do not play on or around, <laughs> that he got off like a dance <laughs> That's probably it. Yeah. And then they dance around. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's so great. Um, yeah. And I remember I went to one or two meetings and it, it was just all <laughs> preposterous. You know, That's it was ridiculous. like open the, the minutes and that kind <laughs> of stuff. We actually had meetings. We actually had meetings. <laughs> yes. And there was one where we went to Denny's and you yeah. guys were like, you guys were taking knives and sticking them down yeah. into the, the cracks. Of the I wonder how many, how many there was forks and knives they found <laughs> down there when they finally like lifted that thing up. They're like, what is this? There's an entire we're, restaurant full of silverware yes. down here. Yeah. That yes. Was but you guys kind of rescued me because I was thinking about this because it I think it was right around when I started hanging out with all you guys around 11th grade because I was, uh, you know, realizing that if I kept smoking a lot of pot, mm -hmm. I might not do much. <laughs> it's possible. It happens to some people. Definitely happens to some people. And so I cleaned up my act because I was like, these guys are all smart. They're funny. They're all genuine, nice people. Yeah. Uh, they're all good people. So I think this is my crowd, you yeah. know? 
yeah, and so definitely. that was where it happened for me. That's but it, you know, you guys kind of rescued me. And then after that, uh, like we were talking before this interview, the last time I think I smoked pot was we were uh, weird together. A yeah. funny moment years ago. <laughs> Tell like me about 20... that because I remember we were. I think we were at that house that you had that was like out in the woods or something, yes. right? You had a that little cabin really in cool the woods. little cabin in the woods. <laughs> And I was there, and I think Jeff Lohman was there, Jeff and I Lohman. don't know who else, and we were like... But yeah, we got out guitars, and everybody was, wee, oh. and you started playing, and I got, I got to play it. I don't think I can play it. Okay. I'll just put my guitar on just for fun, so I have one, too. <laughs> I'll aim my... So, uh, yeah. I think it's in the key of G. Okay. Okay. It's called D, 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 D. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there goes that. I think That's the goes, official name. This is just okay. This is just my memory of it. But you were yeah. so. This is when I should have known that you were going to be a comedian because you just kept playing it over, and you were like, "Isn't this awesome?" Because the whole point was it was a silly thing, and it was ironic. Yeah. You were being yeah. ironic, but anyway. Yeah. Good song. Anyway, yeah, and that, it is and a good just, song. I would we never played it for like twenty minutes. Really yeah. <laughs> and of course, we played Jeff Loman. He had yeah. Bigfoot as my best friend, which is which I still remember. Oh my God! Can you do it? Best friend. Bigfoot is my friend. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I, when I interviewed him on the show, I had him sing it a lot. And there's verses to it too that I didn't really know. But there, I love the whole beat section. Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> so okay, I want to talk about you though. I, you were always a really good guitar player. I mean, when you were very young, I, I bought that Fender Bullet from you. I remember. Yes. yes. And and I remember you playing, and I was just like, "What the hell?" Like you were like, "Here's some Led Zeppelin, a brain song, whatever," you know. And I was like, "What?" And so, uh, so yeah, so I want to do that too. And I bought that yeah. guitar, yeah. which is probably like some kind of collector's item now. I think it might be because they only made it for a year or two. Was yeah. that your like first guitar? That was my first electric guitar. My, I started playing, I think when I was like 12 or 13, but my dad, I, I played his, he had like a, a classical guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And so I played his and I was like, damn, I want to rock. Yeah, I want to rock. <laughs> so we, I got the Fender Bowl, I think when I was around 14 or so. That was a and cool then, it was super uh, heavy. Super heavy. Was it guitar. super heavy? Oh, yeah. that's funny. I, yeah. I have a picture of me, gosh. Yeah, somewhere anyway. <laughs> that was a great guitar. And uh, eventually I got like the, the 52 Telecaster, that, the yeah. one that Springsteen always plays, the Butterscotch oh, one. Cool. But cool. uh so that was my first serious guitar, but I totally oh, missed the bullet. Totally, oh, missed you know what happened to it? What I wanted to hear. I uh, so my girlfriend at the time, Vanessa, her dad was a studio guitarist, and he he nice. was he, he he was like Wolfman Jack, this guy. And oh, I, wow. I went and met him or whatever, and he saw the bullet. Okay. I don't know where I don't know where he saw it or what I had it or something. And he maybe I brought it with me. He lived out like on ocean shores or something. We went out there and he saw it. And he was like, "I'll trade you." that guitar because he really liked it because he was kind of a small guy and i guess okay. he, he liked to play sitting down because he was okay. like a studio guy and he'd played on a yeah. lot of famous albums and stuff and he really liked that guitar and he said i will trade you this for it and he showed me a guitar that was like a stratocaster that looked like that that 
ivory one that Jimi hendrix plays at oh, Woodstock. Nice. you know it was beautiful yeah i was like yeah. oh yeah hell yeah of and then, it, then when i actually traded with him he pulled a switcheroo and he uh he traded me for this one instead which is a pb oh. <laughs> it's like a t25 right it's, it's and it's like all like whacked out man it's like the fretboard everything's like replaced and it's i mean he played it a lot and uh but it was not the same guitar and i still have it it's the one that i have it's the one that i have now and uh um it, it smelled too like it smelled like smoke like you take it out of the case and it was just like whoa what's that smell <laughs> and it was this guitar anyway the so smell I've of had rock it, and roll i it was totally the smell of rock and roll. i've had it ever since and it is a screaming guitar, but it That's, never stays in tune or anything. It's just like, just loud and just, it's just obnoxious. <laughs> but it's not the guitar I traded for. I think you got robbed. Yeah, and I was kind of like, what? I think you got hosed. And you know, I was a kid, so I was like, oh, okay, well, all right. You know, <laughs> I guess. All right, I'll take the beat. I don't think that's exactly what I was going to trade for, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's a lesson, a life lesson, and like maybe you should say something when somebody pulls the switcheroo on you. How he knew I was going to go for it. Yes. When did yes. you start playing in a band? Was that? I, uh, I have this idea. Lawn darts was lawn darts. Yeah, that was. I think that when was your my first second. Band? My my second band. My first band was my junior year. I started playing with a good friend of mine, Mike Spell. He went to Metadale, uh -huh. uh, and his older brother Wayne Spell, who ended up being in a bunch of. In the 80s, there were a bunch of like heavy metal bands like out of the Northwest, like, well, Queensryche yeah. got Queens famous, Rye. but absolutely, uh, there was like TKO and Metal Church and all yeah. these. And he was in one of those famous bands. So he was very active, but we, we were briefly in this band together and we would all show up. There was like this trailer in the woods and my mom would drop me off and she's like, I don't feel good about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, mom. It's fine. And and these guys were all older, except me and Mike were the kids in the band, but they were yeah. all like in their twenties. And uh, we just we played like you know hard rock or whatever, and it lasted oh. a while. And then me and Mike got kicked out, you know, because we you were did? the young guys. Oh. Yeah, they, they, they got older guys. And then uh, then the Lawn Darts senior <laughs> year that so was that with, was Gordy Frying, you, yeah, John Townsend, Jerry, uh, Jerry Parton, Jerry Parton on bass, Parton. yeah, oh. and then uh, Brian Kokish on oh, drums. Oh, Brian Kokish, he, he was a junior. Yeah, oh, I think he was in the band, marching band. And you guys day. played uh, Take Me Away to Marseille a lot. <laughs> one of my favorite songs. I had to look it up on the internet. I'm like, is that even a song? Do they write that <laughs> song? But it's like a song. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's super good. Anybody wants to listen to Take Me It's called Take Me Away to Marseille. Angel City. It's a great song, man. That's they funny like, you mentioned that because I was just thinking about that the other day and i looked them up and i looked at a bunch of their videos live footage yeah. and i retaught myself the solo because <laughs> i had totally I forgotten how to play the it lyrics so, and everything yeah. in that song because anytime you guys play you play that song yeah. it's good yeah, cool. frying was like a like a he, he was pretty he rocked out on that thing i mean i didn't expect gordy to be like scream singing like that but he's good he was good he was great so this is this is the microphone if you can hear me that Gordy Frying sang into. This is the That's actual, the actual one that he sang into. No way. Because this belonged to Woodway High School. <laughs> really? That's Woodway High School's X microphone. And we used to practice in the band room at Woodway. And they were, uh, Bruce Caldwell, the music director, everybody there was really nice to us. Because I think Gordy was in school in choir. The band. 
Oh, yeah, he's in and the choir, so, yeah. so was Brian Kokish. So those were our ins. Me and, and Jerry you know, were the band not... was big. You know, Woodway Band had a good yeah. band. Yeah, well, Bruce Caldwell was a great director. He was a, yeah, he was. Really I was good. in the band. Well, the band. Oh, you were well over Until I started playing. Well, no, I was always, I was in the band most of the time, I think. I okay. played the French horn, yeah. I don't want nice. to brag or anything. But I did not know that. Played the nice French horn. Lead. Jeff and I, Jeff Loman and I. No way. Yeah. Serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's we awesome. One and two. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, here's the story. So yeah. we were always using this mic. Bruce was always like, "Use that one." Yeah. So, and that was our rehearsal mic, and we used it like uh, we played a talent show at Woodway and uh, one of the brown bag lunches. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I, I was always. There. I saw. I mean, I definitely saw. <laughs> you sang. Uh, you jumped on stage. No. Yeah. Way. Oh no. <laughs> For the rat song. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. dear. <laughs> I used to store this in my guitar case. And I just forgot about it after the last rehearsal. Yeah, right. And then like two months after graduation, I opened the little flap in my guitar case to like get strings or something. I was like, oh, there's the mic. Wow, that's great. And you still have it today. It's an artifact. I love yeah, it. And it was too, yeah, it was too late to take it back. So. I love it. You know, actually, you loaned me an amp when I bought the guitar from you. You loaned me your amp. Oh, okay. And then I just kept it. And I always felt like... I wonder if he wanted that back, but I never was like, hey, Matt, do you want your amp back? I just kept it. And so, you know, I had that guilt for a what while. Amp, what amp was it? Was it was a little uh, Fender <laughs> amp. And you're like, I'll loan you this amp. Oh, was it the, was so, it the Harvard really, Reverb? And yeah, it was the Harvard Reverb. I had that amp forever. <laughs> I thought I just, I thought I gave it as part of the sale. No, you were like, I'll realize. loan you this amp. Like that, the phrase was loan. So for like, I mean, you know, good oh, okay. 20 years, I was like, oh, I got to get that, give that, give that amp back. Well, where the hell is it? That's a good I want question. It back it's in now. my parents' attic, I think. <laughs> I got to get you that. I'll get it for you though. Don't worry. Okay. It's, I want it. It's probably fried. The Harvard <laughs> reverb. I think actually I did fry it because I think I tried to um, sing into it at some point. Oh. I like just plugged directly in there. I was like, yeah. And then I realized you can't do that. Just blow the thing out completely. So, uh, okay, awesome. so Lawn Darts. Yes. What happened with, well, I, you know, when I interviewed um, Matt Wright, I realized that, yes. you know, one of his early on bands, which was the Body, Body Bag, Bags, yes. I went and saw at Laferno's, and I didn't realize that was kind of the start of his career. And we were all like, oh, Body Bags, whatever, you know, yeah. play some ACDC or whatever. We were totally. the ones yelling, like, come on, guys, play some ACDC. What are you doing? And we didn't know that What's that was like the start rap? of like a big, yeah, big yeah. like revolution. But I had this, I had the same response was like, oh man, don't you guys know any good rock songs? Yeah. And lo and behold, years later, I'm, I'm at the Crocodile Cafe and I think Todd Hass was there and Mary Beth, we, we all went and we're watching Gas Heifer. Yeah. And I'm just like, Matt is just, he was is i'm sure he still is if he wanted to do it just an incredible front man really uh, i loved watching him oh, me too. and afterwards i i probably made him feel uncomfortable because i was just like you're the greatest i love you <laughs> but it was so cool to see him do yeah his thing and just uh they really uh carved out a voice for themselves. yeah i, I remember just, uh kevin sherman and i were in in la and we saw in the weekly or something we're like, oh, the, they're playing the Troubadour. Gas Very 
Cool. So we got yeah. over there and we saw that I would, that was the only gas huffer concert I saw besides yeah, it was the only gas huffer concert that I saw. And yeah, it was that same experience where we came in and we're like, this is awesome. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Jeff, Jeff Loman was early on the gas heifer train and he brought a CD to my place when I was living in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and he played me night train to Spokane. Oh, <laughs> and I was just like, great. this is awesome. But you know, until you see it live, there's yeah. never quite the connection. And then once yeah. you see it live, it's like, Oh my God. Now and then, it. so yeah. even to this day, uh, I was playing uh, like maybe five years ago when my son was, when I was just, you know, trying to expose him to as many different bands as possible. Yeah. I played him some gas up or we, yeah. we were driving down to Nisqually Wildlife Refuge mm-hmm. just to walk around on yeah. a nice warm day in the winter. Yeah. And uh, I cranked up, they have a song called Nisqually. I knew I like, it. They go. have a it's song. A, yeah. And it's, it's mostly an instrumental, but then when, every time it gets to the chorus, Matt goes, <laughs> I can't do it, but it's awesome. Matt will sometimes send me songs. He's like, oh, I got a song. Like I mentioned, like licking a frog. And he's like, oh, there's a gas huffer song for that. He sends it to me. And sure there's enough, a gas huffer song for everything. For everything. Yeah, for yeah. everything. <laughs> oh my God, that's so great. So after the lawn darts, when did you start like, having a band having it with whole bolivian army when did that show up yeah. was that the next band you were in no first there was uh john townsend uh yeah. who also plays bass uh yeah uh him and jerry were the two bass players i knew i was in a couple of i guess i'll call them summer bands with uh-huh. john where yeah. you know you come home from college and you play for a couple months then yeah. you go back to whatever. <laughs> back. and um and that was really fun and he exposed me to like he was the first guy he played me Soundgarden. he was like this is what's happening now and i was like yeah. no i don't get it like, no, what's <laughs> you know? wrong and then yeah and then like a year later <laughs> oh this is amazing i was but, sort of like uh, that with those bands too like when it was happening yeah. i was like ah, oh, it sucks but that was kind of the way yeah, the way it was in Seattle, like everything sucked. You know, we just everything we yes. hated. You know, yes. like stuff we were yeah. like, I hate it. You too, I hate it. Aria, yes. And then yes. these bands came along. We're like, oh, that sucks too. Everything sucks. And it wasn't until a long time later that I was like, wow, this is good. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. the screaming trees weren't so bad after all. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. yeah. People would be playing me this. And I was like, it's okay. It's not Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly everything was compared to Hendrix. <laughs> I was in a graduate program at Western for creative writing. Uh, A professor I had as an undergrad convinced me, even though I was a history major, he's like, you should do this. I was like, okay. Okay. And I was like, just, I did not belong. And I had, I was doing fine academically, but I just had like this string of horrible panic attacks. And I was like, I don't think I belong here, you know? (laughs) So I just dropped out. And I wandered around. I went to Europe for a little backpacking trip and did some of the typical stuff you do when you're freaking out. And then uh, I was going on a run and Steve Miller, I can't remember if he rode by on his bike or drove by, but he stopped me and said, hey, how you doing? And he's like, you play guitar, right? And I was like, yeah, you play guitar. He's like, well, now I play bass. And I was like, oh, we should start a band. And and that was like the the fall of 92. Really? or something like that and of course yeah. this is not steve miller from tacoma washington that uh you know fly like an eagle but it's the different steve miller steve miller. you went to high school with yeah i prefer to say this is the steve the miller. steve miller thank you yes the other is the steve the steve miller band yes this is the, <laughs> the steve, steve miller, miller. Right. yeah so wow. yes yeah, so and we met and mary beth i i had met mary beth 
Trevor Stewart tried to set us up on a blind date. Trevor no and his way. girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Really? And uh, we, we went, but neither of us were really interested in dating at the time. It was just the wrong time. Yeah. But I really liked Mary Beth. I thought she was really nice. And she mentioned she sang. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, me and my old high school friend are starting a band. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, let me, tr I'll try out or whatever. And that's how it started. Oh, uh, wow. So and we were in the band for several months. And at some point I realized I had a major crush on her. And I was like, <laughs> right. I, I had to stay, take Steve aside. and was like, mind if I asked Mary Beth out? And he was like, <laughs> yeah. actually, I was thinking of doing the same oh, thing. Hilarious. Now you look at him and you're like, you were what? You were thinking about what? asking yeah. my wife out? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Kind of weird, isn't it? Um, <laughs> kind of an awkward yeah. moment. It's kind of like, yeah. like when Luke Skywalker kissed princess leia it's like yeah. one of those moments where you look back and you're like that's weird that makes me feel funny inside <laughs> uh so what was that like now during the like big like sub pop time and when everybody was like blowing up in seattle and stuff like that was that like a really stressful time or what was that like well i think it was everything because uh it was also a lot of fun and exciting because you felt like you were at the center of the universe oh totally. you know yeah. And uh, for us, you know, once we, the first time we headlined the crocodile on a Saturday night, it just felt like you were at the top of a serious mountain, you know, yeah. little yeah. did you know, it was like a very tiny mountain and <laughs> there's many bigger mountains. But that's uh, a big deal though. To be around yeah. at that time and be in the yeah. it must have been incredible. That's yeah, cool. it was fun. And so many people were, uh, almost everybody you met was from somewhere else because they oh, had yeah. come here came there. to start a band. <laughs> Yeah. But the idea of you being a consistent musician throughout your lifetime and having a band and having your whole family in the band uh, really is, a, is, is an admirable, admirable thing that most people don't do. They give up on themselves or they think, oh, I can't hold down a job and do my art or, you know, I mean, that's some of the yeah. great, some of the greatest artists that ever lived worked a job and yeah. did their art. It's funny because I was talking earlier about my freak out during the grad school. So yeah. I'm wandering around the streets of Madrid, about to come home, and I wander into this guitar music store, and I motioned the guy couldn't speak Spanish. But I was like, can I cry? And I played this classical guitar, and I just, I shook. And I was like, what? This, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know? And that was, that was it for me. And so it didn't really matter after that if anybody else cared yeah it's <laughs> you know true what I'm, saying? I mean, when like, you really like I'm just gonna down, do it you get down like I'm yeah. gonna do this thing because I love doing this thing you can't be an artist and ask people permission no that's no. not an artist an artist doesn't ask people permission to do it what they're doing no and if you are bothering someone you're doing it right it's <laughs> probably true so we were doing this cover yeah <laughs> motorhead cover yeah we we did a video for it we yeah. did a totally tripped out synth version that does not match the original at all yeah we even changed the melody and the arrangement and everything uh -huh. and we advertised the video in the uk yeah and we got a shitload of comments and shares and likes but yeah. we also got some people just going you guys <laughs> just blow chunks <laughs> Just like people just saying, this is dreadful. Yeah. This is awful. I'm this sure. is the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh Lemmy my would, God. Lemmy's rolling over in his grave right now. Yeah, yeah. And so oh. we're like, we did it. Yes. <laughs> you have to be like that. You have to be. Because, you know, when you first, when you first hear like, 
So when you first hear, a, I remember, and now this is, I don't know if this is a weird example, but first time I heard the Go-Go's, you know, we got the beat or whatever, they were on Saturday Night Live. We got the beat, everybody, you know, and I remember just going, this sucks. What is this doing on television? This is the worst song I've ever heard. But it is, it has survived. And it was, you know, and after I listened to it for a while, it's like, well, this is really, this is, this, I mean, I kind of, I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like it today when I listen to it. I like, yeah. but at the time, at the first time when I heard it, I was like, this is horrible. Yes. That's why yeah. you got to play, you got to play the deep, deep, deep song. You got to play it over and over and over again. Do the mat, right? I totally still, I love his moves. Yes, that's it. I'm still there. In a recent video we did, we have this part where we're all just dancing and being spazzed, and I just started doing the. I love it so much. It's so good. Yeah. What did he call the old man monkey? Yeah, the old man monkey. That's what yeah. he said. <laughs> now I'm That's the old good. man. Now I'm the monkey. <laughs> yeah, which you got to guess. Yeah, which there's one. two of them. There's two of them. <laughs> I love that so much. And I, I always love those mutton chops that he had. And he, yes. he said, one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, this looks stupid. <laughs> and he shaved them off. It's like, you got to get them back, man. You got to get them back. I, I thought they were pretty awesome. I thought they personally. were cool too, man. But they were just, you know. They go well with the old man monkey thing. I had in the early, the late, I think it was the early aughts, late 90s, early aughts, I had a little John Holmes Did you? porn stash. Oh, that's yeah. cool, man. I got the, I got the uh, Captain Morgan going on right now. Yes, that's yeah. very nice. That's I like good. it. How is it being in a band? How is it being in a band with your wife? Is awesome. It, how, is it creatively difficult at all? Or is you guys, do you guys argue sometimes over lyrics or anything? Who writes the songs? Tell me. I'm the songwriter, uh, and uh, early on there was some group stuff, but it, it very that only lasted a brief period, and then Mary Beth was just like, "Go with it, go," yeah. you know. And so uh, I write the songs and the melodies, even, and then she kind of takes it from there and makes it into something much better. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about what you said about panic attacks, that you were having panic oh. attacks when you were creative writing. Were you actually yeah. having full on like panic attacks? Oh yeah, full body, uh, you because know. Because I also passion. was having that too. Oh wow. Throughout my yeah. career, I yeah. had battled and I never really knew what it was. Yeah, I would you, get you don't when it, on, when it first yeah, hits you. I get full on panic attacks and no one, I, like I said to people like, when we were younger, nobody had panic attack. I would never heard what a panic attack was. No. Some people had nervous breakdowns, but it was like yes. somebody's mother somewhere or something. Yes. Like somebody had, and only women had, not men, you know? Yes. So, so yeah, everybody was like, nobody would have a panic attack, but I used to, I, you know, I know that feeling. You just get full on, like, it's like full on adrenaline. Yes. Just sweating, shaking, yes. whatever. Yeah, it's just sweat and rivulets coming down. Yeah. So yeah. I had that, like, when I started acting, all of a sudden, I, I was just full-on panic attacking. Oh, on, wow. Yeah, on the stage okay. and stuff. And that actually okay. became, like, a big, like, I think that was one of the biggest battles in my life. Yes. Battle yeah. with that. Because I didn't know what to do about it. Didn't know. I tried all kinds yes. of things. Um, yeah. And, and what I have, what I finally came to, because I did meditation and Tai Chi and breathing mm -hmm. exercises and therapy yeah. and everything. What I finally came to was 
when you have one, you got to just be like, all right, let's do it. Let's do this yeah. thing. If you're going to yeah. do it, let's do it, man. I want to see how much sweat I can possibly do. Cause that's, you get to a certain point you're just like, and then it just goes away. It just like runs away. Uh, because that's the nature of it. It's, it's, and uh, you don't analyze it. You don't go, hey, let's, let's try and stop it. I, I learned early on, you can't argue with it. You can't There's no argue. conversation to be had with a panic attack. You can't be like, can we do this later? <laughs> it's a physiological response. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a lot you can do to just make yourself not prone to one. And that's what I do. Uh, yeah, uh, you- it's like preemptive medicine. And it's probably yeah. for me been a long time since I've had one, but I still yeah. think about them and think, yeah. oh, that would suck to have one of those now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I know. But and it hel- it's helped being in a band because occasionally early on I would have some anxiety on stage. Yeah. And I just kind of learned to, if you're feeling it, just lean into it, go with it. God, and I- it becomes a part of the experience. And all of a sudden, yeah. then it feels. It, it, it just makes you feel more rooted to the moment. Uh, like it, 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 it's a gift if you treat it the right way. Yeah. That That's what early on, one of my friends who was very wise when I was in college, I was like, I think maybe I confided in him. And that was like the only person I said, yeah, I'm getting really like freaked out, like on the stage, like all of a sudden I get this like adrenaline rush and he goes, well, that's just an indication that you give a shit <laughs> that you care. And, you know, and he said that, And that kind of energy is also the kind of energy that makes it, you have the right to stand on stage because if somebody's on stage and they don't give a crap and they're, they don't have any energy, why would you want to watch that? Yes. Mary Beth, she's never had panic attacks per se, but she's had anxiety like most people and she she gets it a lot of it before shows. She gets it before shows. Just a lot of, just a lot of anxiety. What do I do with this? And she's learned over the years that if she doesn't have it, it's going to be a lame show because there's not enough energy there. But if she's really worked up and uptight and all out of sorts, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, totally. Yeah, everybody, stage fright is normal for whatever reason. I don't know why humans are so self-conscious, but we are. Well, it might Uh, be because you put yourself out there and somebody in England might say, you're doing it wrong. The guy's rolling around in his grave. And you're just like, "Ah, maybe we shouldn't do this because they might might not like it. Fear of failure, yeah, fear of rejection. Fear of the greatest part about that whole Motorhead story was we actually had people writing in, I had drinks with Lemmy. I knew Lemmy. He would yeah. love this, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the very nice guy would say the opposite. So it's just, <laughs> it's just awesome. It's yeah, what's new. your new album? We released uh, The Monster That Ate Her. Right. That was actually last mm-hmm. October. Okay. But that was really exciting for me because Gibson... My son plays on it. Yeah, so, that's cool. Uh, it was awesome to, and he's just a phenomenal person, but also a phenomenal drummer, mind-blowingly good drummer. Oh, really? And so I can only imagine. It, it's, it's I mean, really I can't fun. only imagine because I've seen him. I can, I can, I can actually, I <laughs> yeah, have experienced it. He is a good well, drummer. It's, great drummer. It's funny now because after shows in the old days, everybody went straight to Mary Beth because she's got yeah. such great pipes. And I'm like, man, yeah. for such a little wee person, you can really yeah. belt it and that kind of stuff. Really and now they just go past us and they go straight to us and they're like dude you can really play that's cool (laughs) young guy you know but yeah that's our latest thing it's really fun and we are doing right now we've been doing during this whole lockdown we've just been doing a bunch of uh 
new material, old material, bunch of recordings. And so I think some kind of EP is going to come out of this. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of creative stuff coming out of this thing, I think. Yes. You got to do something with your angst. All right. <laughs> nice talking with you, Matt. Um, check out his uh, YouTube channel, The Whole Bolivian Army. All right. So there you go. There you have it. That's uh, my talk with Matt Kite. And thank you all for joining in and thank you for being in the chat room. Um, let everybody else know about it too if they, if they weren't there. And uh, we will see you tomorrow for episode 51 of Lunch Therapy.